musicians. Pastor Aaron, amen. Well, somebody shout glory. Amen. If you'll turn in your Bibles today to Hebrews chapter 6. Hebrews chapter 6, verses 13 through 15 will be our text in the New King James. Amen. Give the Lord another hand of praise. Amen. 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 I do want to encourage you as you're turning in your scripture to try to make a special uh, opportunity and a way to be back with us in our service tonight. We've got something uh, special for you uh, tonight, a uh, special emphasis service you don't want to miss. I think it's going to be very beneficial to you and to our church. So uh, try to be back here tonight, 6 o'clock, Hebrew, or 5.30 for prayer, and then 6 o'clock uh, for evening worship. Hebrews 6, starting in verse 13. When God made a promise to Abraham, because he could swear by no greater, he swore by himself, saying, Surely blessing I will bless you, and multiplying I will multiply you. And so after he had patiently endured, he obtained the promise. I want to speak to you today on double your blessings. Father, in Jesus' name, we pray that you would add your seal to the reading of, of the word and your unction to its preaching. And we ask it all in the strong name of the Son of God, Jesus Christ. Amen and amen. How many remember the double mint? Twins. Anybody remember the double mint twins? You ought to because starting way back in 1939, Wrigley's began to advertise their double mint gum. Double mint gum had been around since 1914, but they started advertising in 39 this double mint gum, which just really stood for it had double the amount of peppermint flavor. But they started first with the uh, little cartoon drawings of twins, kind of stylized twins. And then in 1959, they introduced their first live-action peppermint twins. And I did a little research on this on the Internet, and it seems like every generation had their own set of twins. They would, In fact, some of those twins went on to star in their own uh, television series based on the fact of the exposure they had with Double Mint Twins. You probably remember their slogan, a Double Mint Gum, double your pleasure, double your fun. Anybody remember that? With Double Mint Gum. Well, I want you to understand that God wants to double your blessings, which is hard to think about because we've already been so very blessed. In Hebrews chapter 6, He's relating back in the book of Genesis where Abraham would have taken his son Isaac. He did take his son Isaac at the Lord's command. Take him up Mount Moriah and was ready to sacrifice Isaac. The writer of Hebrews tells us what was in Abraham's mind. That Abraham believed God and that God would even raise Isaac from the dead if he took his life. So he was obeying God and of course the Lord did not allow him to sacrifice his son. He stopped him. He said, there's a ram in the thicket caught by the horns. Take him and provide him as the sacrifice. 
course, Abraham named that place Jehovah-Jireh in the mount of the Lord it shall be seen, or God our provider. But the Lord said to Abraham, because you have not held back even your only begotten son, even your own son, I am going to bless you, and I'm not only going to bless you, but with blessing I will bless you, and multiplying I will multiply you. And if you read that in the original Hebrew, it is using that word barak for blessing. It says, I, I will barak barak. I will bless, bless. In the Hebrew, it was a way of emphasis to say a word twice. Uh, and e even in the New Testament, the word for blessing is, uh, is uh, uh, where we get the word eulogy from, and it just means good word. So in the Old Testament, the word for blessing has to do with uh, the bodily action of kneeling, that God has to stoop to bless us. And in the New Testament, the Greek word has to do with speaking a good word over someone. So God stoops to speak blessings into our life. And I'm reminded of our little dogs when we come home. We got two little dogs, uh, Bogey and Paisley. And how when we come home, even though I'm the master, I, I may not be a lot of things, but the Bogey and Paisley, I'm Alpha Dog. Now the Crystal, yeah, but the Bogey and Paisley, I'm Alpha Dog. And even though I'm Alpha Dog, I get down on my knees and lean over and pet them and speak kindly to them. Even though I'm the master, I'm the one that provides for them, they are totally dependent on me and my family for their existence, but I stoop down in order to bless them. And that's the way God is. God is totally self-sufficient. There's not anything that we could do to add to who God is, but just because he loves us, God stoops himself. God kneels down to us. He, he, he inquires to men of low estate just to speak his good word over us. And he doesn't just do it. He doesn't just bless us. He, with blessings, blesses us. He blesses, blesses us. He does the double portion, the double amount. And that's the Hebrew way of indicating a super abundance of blessings. Anytime the Hebrew Bible, the Old Testament uses that, it's indicating the double. In, for example, in Exodus 3 and 7, God was saying that he had seen the, the problems and heard the cries of the people, the children of Israel were in Egyptian bondness. He had seen their situation and the the King James says, I have surely seen. But the, in the Hebrew, it says, I've seen, seen. I've seen, seen. Seeing, I have seen. In other words, I didn't just see it, but I really saw it. In fact, 1 Samuel uh, 25, King Saul said to David, uh, God's spirit is on you and you're going to prevail. But he didn't just say it once. He said, in prevailing, you will prevail. You're going to prevail, prevail. In 1 Samuel 27 and 1, that same Saul backslidden on God, now trying to kill David. David fled from him, and it says escaping, he escaped. In fact, in 1 Kings 8 and 3, when Solomon was dedicated to the temple to the Lord, he said, I have in building, I have built the, the temple of the Lord. In fact, in Psalm 40 and 1, Psalm 40 said, I waited patiently for the Lord, and he inclined unto me, heard my cry, brought me up out of the horrible pit, set my feet upon a rock, and established my goings. But when he said, I waited patiently, what he actually was saying was, in waiting, I have waited. 
In other words, it, it indicates a superabundance of whatever it's talking about. Jesus carried that over into the New Testament because Jesus, when he was really going to lay some heavy truth on someone, he would start by saying, verily, verily. Now, the English word verily, verily is actually the Hebrew word, amen, amen. So be it. So when Jesus spoke, it wasn't when Jesus laid truth, it wasn't just one amen, it was two amen. It's, a, it's really the truth. And so when the Lord says, I'm going to bless you, he says, I'm really going to bless you. I'm going to give you a double blessing. Now this concept goes back into the Hebrew culture. If you'll remember that whenever the firstborn got ready to inherit he didn't inherit the same share as all the rest of the children. It didn't matter if there were 10 or 12 children. The firstborn got a double portion. He got a double blessing. In fact, the word for double portion is the Hebrew word for double mouth. In other words, they were saying if you had a sack that had the opening of the sack, the mouth of the sack, that when you put a blessing in there, you got twice as much in your sack. You got twice as much. You got a double portion. And Elisha understood that because Elijah said, if you'll follow me and see me when the Lord takes me up into heaven, you'll get what you want from the Lord. And he said, well, what I want is a double portion. Some people think that that just meant that he wanted twice the anointing that Elijah had, but I think the concept was there, I'm wanting the firstborn share. I'm wanting the lion's share. I'm wanting that double portion as my inheritance. In fact, uh, God is so good to us, he says this to us. He said, if you will give, it'll be given unto you, and in your sack, you're gonna have to press it down shake it together, and it's still not going to hold it. It's going to run over. That's how I'm going to bless you. Romans chapter 8, verses 14 through 17. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. For you did not receive the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you received the spirit of adoption by whom we cry out, Abba, Father. And the Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. And if children, then heirs, heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ, if indeed we suffer with him, then we also may be glorified together. Now what a wonderful truth to realize that we are going to inherit something. I like to pick on my dad and I'll often say, you know, dad, where there's a will, there's a way. And every time that he says that, he say, I say that, he says, that's one demerit, son. You just got, you got a demerit saying, joking about that. In fact, daddy and mother doesn't know this, but they're my retirement plan. They don't even know that, but they're my retirement plan. So you've got to inherit it. When my brother Barry used to pastor across town, he would have uh, his people stand up and take their offering and repeat the blessing over the offering. And one of the things they'd say is, I'm believing God for jobs and better jobs and benefits and raises and bonuses. And they would say inheritances. And I, I thought, my word, if I were in daddy's situation, I wouldn't want my son claiming an inheritance every time he gave an offering. I'd want to put that off a little bit. Well, we are God's heritage. We receive an inheritance from God. We are the heirs of God. Colossians 1.12 says, Giving thanks to the Father who has qualified us to be partakers of the inheritance of the saint in, in light. We are the heirs of God. Can you imagine that? 
Can you imagine the resources that God has? All the silver and all the gold belongs to him. He owns the cattle on a thousand hills. Amen. The earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. Up in heaven, they pave the streets with gold. Around God's throne room, the walls are made out of jasper. The foundations are made out of precious stones. The things that men have fought for and died for and wars have been fought over, all of those things that signify wealth and abundance and prosperity, they're just the things you walk on up in heaven. And God has all of that, and God says you're in line to inherit. You are the heirs of God. Now, I'm going to tell you, it is enough just to be included as an heir because we were orphans. We were without God, without hope, without Christ in this world. We were strangers and foreigners from the household of promise, but we've received the spirit of adoption whereby we cry, Daddy, Father, we have been brought in and as an orphan that's just been brought in and by the grace of God been made a son of God, it is enough just for me to have anything, any bequest in God's will, for me to have any inheritance. But I'm gonna tell you, you and I don't stand to inherit just any old thing. We don't, listen, Jesus deserves all of the glory, all of the honor, all of the majesty, all of the wealth, all of the riches. He deserves it all. He is the only begotten son of God. He is the line of the tribe of Judah. He deserves the lion's share. He deserves the double portion. He is the firstborn son. But the Bible doesn't just say we're the heirs of God. It says we're the heirs of God and we are joint heirs with Christ. That means that double portion that Jesus has had in his way, you and I are sharing in that double portion. In other words, he did didn't just bless us, but with blessing he has blessed us. He didn't just bless us a little bit, he poured it on. He didn't just give us a trickle, he didn't just give us a river, but the dam of God's grace has broken and the river of God's life is flowing because we have a double portion in Jesus Christ. We're the heirs of God and joint heirs with Jesus. Isn't that wonderful? That's just, that's, that's, a, that's mind-blowing that I should have a share. It's mind-blowing that I should have any inheritance, any remembrance, but to realize that based on what Jesus has done, that I'm going to receive what he's going to receive. If I suffer with him down here, I'll reign with him. Right? I'm going to rule and reign, and you are too as a child of God because of the grace of Almighty God. What does that double blessing look like? What does it consist of? I know us thinking about one day in the great sweet by and by, but what does that mean in sometimes the bitter here and now? What does it look like to be doubly blessed now? Well, there are two types of blessings. There are what we refer to as common blessings. Common blessings are things that everybody on earth, every one of Adam's race enjoys common blessings. In fact, they're so common that some people don't even recognize that they are gifts and blessings from a loving God. 
Some people just take them for granted because they don't realize that everything that we have is a gift from God. Uh, the other day I was over here at Coffee Regional and I was visiting a lady in the hospital and she had on a, you know, a breathing mask and she couldn't communicate and she was an elderly lady and her family was there. And when I find somebody that's laying in a bed and can't move, I think it's a good sign that I ought to sing to them. <laughs> so I said, would you like for me to sing to you? And when I did, the family said, well, sing her favorite song to her. I said, well, what's her favorite song? As the world looks upon me, as I struggle along, they say I have nothing, but they are so wrong. In my heart, I'm rejoicing how I wish they could see. Thank you, Lord, for your blessings on me. I have food on my table. I have shoes on my feet. I don't uh, have uh, uh, much money, but, Lord, I have you and a fine family. Thank you, Lord, for your blessings on me. Here's what Matthew 5, 43 through 45 says. Jesus speaking, this is on the Sermon on the Mount. He said, you've heard it said, you shall love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I say to you, love your enemies, bless those who curse you, do good to those who hate you, pray for those who spitefully use you and persecute you, that you may be the sons of your Father in heaven. For he makes his son rise on the evil and on the good, and he sends rain on the just and the unjust. All my life I've heard people say when a calamity happens to a Christian, I've heard them try to make sense of that by saying, well, you know it rains on the just and the unjust. Ho-hum, you know we're all going to have problems. We're gonna, all going to have storms. I just That is not what that scripture is saying. That scripture is saying the reverse of that. Now it's true that Christians have problems sometimes. It's true that Sometimes we, Jesus didn't promise us anything different. You're going to have some problems in this life. That does happen to unsaved people and saved people alike, but that's just not what that scripture is saying. That scripture is saying the reverse of that. A scripture saying you ought to treat even people that would make themselves your enemy, you ought to treat them right because God is such a loving, merciful, gracious God that he don't just let the sun shine over on the Peavy household. He makes the sun shine over on the household of those that don't know him. He's such a good God that it's not just the farmers that love him, pay their tithes, go to church, that get the rain on their crops. It's, it's lost people, atheists, people don't even know him. They get rain on their crops too. That God's so loving and gracious that he shares that common blessing of the sunshine and the rain on good and evil, on just and unjust. In other words, there's some common blessings that we have. The strength in our body the breath in our lungs, the talents and abilities that we all share. Everything good that we have, everything gracious, every good and perfect gift comes down from the Father of lights. Uh, everything that we have good comes from the Lord. Those are the common blessings. That's why the scripture says that not just Christians, but everything that has breath should praise the Lord because that very breath is the gift of God. The Henson family 
had a song that said, if I tried to count the blessings that he sent down my way, the number would be too great for me because if I could somehow was able to sit down and count in a million, billion years, here I'd be because it's easier to count all the stars in the sky or to measure the sand by the sea or to catch in one cup all the rain that ever fell than to try to count the number of your blessings on me. There are those common blessings that just if we sat down and numbered and thank God for the ordinary everyday blessings, it'd take us a million, billion, trillion years to try to list all of them. But the common blessings are what God shares with everyone. But can I tell you that there are covenant blessings that are reserved for the people of God. There's a deeper level or a higher level of blessings. There's a double blessing, a greater blessing for those that have been washed in the blood of the Lamb, those that have joined their hearts with Christ those that have identified him in his death, burial, and resurrection, those that are on their way to God's heaven, they don't just get the common blessings, they get the uncommon blessings, they get the, co uh, the covenant blessings of the Lord. Y'all have all heard me talk about the little girl went home from Sunday school and her granny asked her, baby, what did you learn? And she said, oh, I learned Psalm 23. She said, okay, what did you learn about Psalm 23? Well, she said, I learned the Lord is my shepherd and that's all I want. <laughs> Some people say she got it wrong, but I think she got it right. I love what S.M. Lockridge said one time. He said, but the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. I shall not want for rest because he makes me lie down in green pastures. I shall not want for refreshment because he leads me beside still waters. I shall not want for forgiveness because he restores my soul. I shall not want for companionship because, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, thou art with me, thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. I shall not want for sustenance because you prepare a table before me in the presence of mine enemy. I shall not want for joy for you anoint my head with oil, my cup run over. I shall not want for anything in this life, for the, the, but all the days of my life, goodness and mercy shall follow me, and I shall not want for anything in the life to come, for I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Those are those uncommon blessings that we have. God's special attention, God's special care for his people and his sheep. There was a man named Jack Hinton went to the island nation of Tobago. And while he was there at Tobago, they went and led a worship service at a leper colony. And he, it was his job to lead the singing. And he was taking requests. And he looked out, and there was a little woman there. And she, she asked him for a song. And he, when he looked at her, he saw her, her nose was missing because she was a leper. And she, she had a disfigured face and she raised a fingerless hand to request a song. And she said, could you sing, count your many blessings, name them one by one. She didn't even have fingers to count them on. But her heart said, I want to praise God for his blessings. Jack Hinton was so broken up he had to leave the service. He couldn't even stay there. And afterwards, someone on their team said, I guess you'll never be able to sing that song again. He said, oh, yes, I will, but I'll never sing it the same way again. 
Count your many blessings. Name them one by one. See what God has done. Jesus has given us spiritual blessings. Ephesians 1 and 3 says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who's blessed us with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places in Christ. I want to tell you, you can tell a lot about somebody's priorities by what they're grateful for. You can tell a lot about someone's spiritual experience by their testimony. I, I knew when I came up, I knew the Spirit was moving. And I said, I just thought to myself, I bet Jan, it'll bubble out of Jan. She'll have to, I, 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 it didn't surprise me one bit, Jan, and I love that. That's a blessing. We're made overcomers by the word of our testimony and the blood of the Lamb. But we used to, we used to incorporate that as part of our service. Every service just about it included a time of testimony. That the problem is, is pastors got tired of saying, anyone? Anyone? Who else? Somebody else? <laughs> right. And then the other problem is, is that when people would testify, it would turn into a gripe session. Right? So we kind of moved on from that. But I'm going to tell you, we still need to testify of the good things that the Lord's done. But I remember there were some people that would stand up and testify, and they would say, I want to thank God for life and health and strength, and I've got food on my table, and I've got a good house to live in, and i got clothes to wear, and I want to thank the Lord for that. And I'm going to tell you, that's a beautiful thing. Those are the kind of common blessings that we ought not to gloss over and fail to thank the Lord for. But other people would stand up and say, well, I thank the Lord for life and health and strength and a good home to live in and a good family and I thank Him for a house to live in and food to eat. But I want to thank Him that I'm saved, sanctified and filled with the Holy Ghost. I want to thank Him that I'm on my way to heaven. I want to thank Him that I've felt the presence of God all day long. I want to thank Him that Jesus is my constant companion. In other words, we ought not to leave the other undone. But I'm going to tell you, as wonderful as those common blessings are, they cannot compare with the covenant blessings, with the spiritual blessings that we have in Christ Jesus. Because sometimes those common blessings can be taken away. But I'm going to tell you what we have settled in the heaven in Christ Jesus will never be taken away. These things are earthly and temporal and temporary, but those things are heavenly and eternal, and we're experiencing right now in the presence and power of God. Amen, amen, and amen. The psalmist David had it. He just had to list it. I'm going to tell you, when you start getting moved with gratitude about the blessings of God, you just got to tell somebody. You got to tell someone. Now, listen, every Christian ought to witness. But the Christian that has not experienced the gratitude for the common and covenant blessings of God, they see it as an obligation. But the Christian that lives in gratitude sees it as an opportunity. And so while there are some saying, oh, ah, I be, I, well, I guess I better talk to my neighbor about the Lord. 
But there are others that are so grateful for the power and presence of God and His provision that you can't be around them five minutes without them saying, let me tell you what the Lord's done. Let me tell you about my Savior. It just bubbles up and bubbles over. And the psalmist got in that vein in Psalm 103. I'm going to tell you, if you are discouraged in the way, sit down with your Bible and read Psalm 103. Starting in verse 2, listen at it. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits, who forgives all your iniquities, who heals all your diseases, who redeems your life from destruction, who crowns you with loving kindness and tender mercies, who satisfies your mouth with good things so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. The Lord executes righteous and justice for all who are oppressed. He made known his ways to Moses, his acts to the children of Israel. The Lord is merciful and gracious, slow to anger, abounding in mercy. He will not always strive with us, nor will he keep his anger forever. He has not dealt with us according to our sins, nor punished us according to our iniquities. For as far as the heavens are above the earth, so great is his mercy toward those that fear him. As far as the east is from the west, so far as he removed our transgressions from us as a father pities his children so the Lord pities those who fear him for he knows our frame he remembers that we are dust as for man his days are like grass as a flower of the field so he flourishes the wind passes over it it is gone and the place remembers it no more but the mercy of the Lord is from everlasting to everlasting on those that fear him and his righteousness to children's children to such as keep his covenant and to those that remember his commandments to do them. The Lord has established his throne in the heaven and his kingdom rules over all. David said, I've just got to when I consider the double blessings, the common and covenant blessings of the Lord, I've just got to kneel did you see what he said? He said, bless the Lord. See, we think we only receive blessings because the blessings come from the greater to the lesser. He's in so much more of a position to bless than we are. We're finite. He's infinite. We have limited resources. He has unlimited resources. But when I kneel down and talk sweet to Bogey and Paisley, and Bogey wags that little tail, and, Kay, and Paisley licks my hand, those little darlings bless me. And there's something about counting God's blessings that makes the Christian want to now kneel down and bless the Lord, O oh my soul, and forget not all of his benefits. Can you imagine that somebody as flawed as I am, somebody with the warts and all that I have, somebody with the irritableness that I possess sometimes, somebody with, with the limited understanding and limited ability, somebody like me, somebody as insignificant of me, that somehow, some way, the heart of God is blessed when I lift up my hands and I bless His name and I thank Him. God, I have the ability to bless God. 
That's why when we come into this place, it's important that we raise our hands. It's important that we sing out. It's important that we stand with the company of the redeemed. It's important that we bless his name. God is looking and we have the ability to let God have a blessed day. Now when David began to lift all those benefits, he said everything ought to bless the Lord. Verse 20, he starts, Bless the Lord, you his angels, who excel in strength and do his word, heeding the voice of the word. Bless the Lord, Lord, all you hosts, you ministers of his who do his pleasure. Bless the Lord, all his works in all places of his dominion. Bless the Lord, oh my soul. He calls on everything, everywhere to bless the Lord. But he began this song with calling on everything that was in him. He ends it with calling on everything everywhere out there to bless the Lord. But he began it by saying, everything that's in me. Not just all that I am, but all that I am all together. In lockstep, in precision. In other words, in my mind, in my will, in my emotions with my body, with my voice, with my manner, with my motive, in my actions and in my reasons, everything that's in me, all that's in me, all together now. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me, bless His holy name. Some of you have heard me share about my Aunt Laura Bell, mother's aunt, my great aunt. Aunt Laura Bell was actually the attending nurse when I was born. She was the first one other than the doctor to hold me because mother was having some complications and the doctor just literally just threw me over in Aunt Laura Bell's hands. Aunt Laura Bell, she got older, had degenerative bone disease, and she, she was frail and stooped. I don't know what Aunt Laura Bell's relationship with the Lord was throughout her life, but my brothers, Barry and Travis, were asked to run a revival in Homerville at an Assembly of God Church. At that time, they were Church of God of Prophecy uh, preachers. They were asked to run a revival at an Assembly of God Church that was being pastored by a Church of God pastor. And God still moves. <laughs> and Aunt Laura Bell was that, there that night, and somebody brought her up and for her to be prayed for, for her health. And I think it was... Barry and Travis prayed over her. I was, I don't know, I was probably 15 or 16 at the time, maybe, I guess. They prayed over her. And one of them, I think it was Travis, just asked those that were with her, said, I think it was Uncle Carl that comes sometimes, was holding her hand, said, just walk her to the back 
of the church and walk her back up and walked her. And when she came back, that little woman that was, was raised hard shell Baptist, when she came back, that little woman was speaking in tongues. Her health continued to go down. My grandmother was unable to turn her into bed to keep her from having bed sores. So reluctantly, she put her in the nursing home. And in the nursing home, they were taking her for whirlpool therapy and either putting her in or taking her out of that whirlpool tub. They dropped her. And it broke ribs and it crushed bones in her face. And for the rest of her life, she was in constant pain. Had to put a feeding tube in her. She was unable to, to eat. Sleep was intermittent with constant pain, every waking hour in pain. The only relief, the only relief that she could ever experience was because she was unable to eat and drink. Her mouth and her tongue would get parched and dried out. And my grandmother could take a swab and dip it in some cool water and just brush it on her lips and on her tongue. She was laying there, and Nana was there caring for her. And she heard that Aunt Laura Bell was trying to breathe out something, trying to say something. And I'm sure Nana thought that maybe she was going to complain about her pain, or maybe she was going to ask for just one drop of cool water to quench her parched tongue. And Nana leaned down to hear what her beloved sister had to say. And she heard Aunt Laura Bell say, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me, bless his holy name. I'm going to tell you, life can be reduced down to where none of the creature comforts that we cherish so dear are available. All of the common blessings, time and sickness and pain can rip away from us. But I'm going to tell you those spiritual blessings that we have in our possession in this earthen vessel, that grace of God, that spirit of God, that abiding presence of the Lord Jesus, that's something that the world did not give and the world cannot take away. And when I consider that, I want to say, bless the Lord, oh my soul, and all that is within me, bless his holy name. Would you stand and bless the Lord with me today? Lift up your hands to the Lord. Come on, lift those hands up to the Lord and begin to bless him. Lord, we're so grateful. Lord, we're so thankful for the blessings of God. In fact, let me just say it this way. If you really want to thank Him today, if you really want to bless the heart of God, slip out from where you are and let's just gather. Hey, if all that is within me should praise Him, how about all that's within this house praising Him today? Let's come and stretch out our arms.